0: Welcome to SENT 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Okay, Matthew. You got 50 cal in the house today. Yeah, that's the truth. 50 (laughs) calibers. In fact, we'll get this picture. Go to the Facebook site. Yep. Yep. Yep looking man in ministry oh my oh, god you are <laughs> kevin that's right yeah that's right that's what i was claiming. <laughs> this is truly matthew this is going to be one of those conversations where we just record the conversations that uh, sean stone and i, I always could always have from the very beginning that I we know. met yeah at a prophecy conference that's or right. something at Wow! Yeah, that's wow, right. yeah. Wow. and it was just instant and continual and then uh He lives way up there, and I live way out here, so we would triangulate for Mm -hmm. lunch, and then Mm -hmm. they closed down that restaurant, and it's a good journey. It's a good journey. Amen. So this is the guy that I have quoted more than once on the show, but also a hundred times. Really? And it's when you ran into Ed and Wes. These are guys that I knew 35 years ago or something. We did some amazing things together. It was Mm -hmm. really crazy good. And my name came up. These guys are from here and Sean is from now. And I said, wow, what a small world. Oh, man. And what did you say, Sean?
1: I said, it's not a small world. It's a big family. Oh, you mm-hmm. use
0: that all the time. That's right, man. I use know. that all the time. And I tell everybody that yeah. and you're absolutely right. It is.
1: I don't know who, wow. I, I wish I could say, I could trademark that. I don't know who said it one time. I heard it years ago and I just, I own it now. When you say something enough times, you just feel like, yeah, it's yours. that's it's yours. Yeah. And every time you say it to a believer, they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, it just, yeah. Yeah. it's such a way cooler expression. Yeah, in yeah. yeah, it is. It's,
0: maybe it was Josephus or somebody who said they're everywhere. These Christians are everywhere. <laughs> oh, and they're turning the world upside down. Thank goodness. Yeah, dude, we
1: just dropped a Josephus in this oh, podcast. Oh yeah, and
0: then I'm gonna do some verb Sweet. conjugations oh, too perfect. in Latin. Would nice. be great. All right, <laughs>
1: <laughs> dude.
0: How are you? I just want to know how I, you
1: are. I'm better. Yeah, for two reasons. Number one, I am in a room with you, and it's been a few months since I've seen you, so that is great. And I just had a pastrami sandwich from Antonelli's Deli. Oh, man. Yeah, that'll do it. I feel like when I get to heaven, and it says in Isaiah 26, you know, you get the best of wines and the finest of meats. <laughs> the Antonelli's is on the menu. Yeah, yeah. pastrami. The pastrami <laughs> from Antonelli's is on the menu. So yeah, anyway.
0: It is so cool when friends find a place that you've known for years. Local you get to Treasures. Share it. Yeah, yeah, Local yeah. Treasures for sure. Antonelli's, are they paying for this commercial?
1: I don't know, but...
0: <laughs> so you got all sorts of excitement going on. Mm-hmm. You're pastoring a mm-hmm. Captivate, yep. right? So can you tell us
1: a little bit about that church? Sure. Um, about Captivate. Captivate has been around about five years, planted in, about five years ago in Point Loma. God has blessed it greatly. It's grown a few thousand people and really... a Just a lot of miraculous stories there. I joined the team earlier this year. I was working with a missions organization. Uh, Before that, I've been in ministry 20-some years pastoring. We connected. We were both executive pastors at larger churches, and so there was that shared... Responsibility, calling, but just more Rose than that. me. Yeah, but joined the church uh, team at Captivate when they had been desiring to plant a new location, both out of vision. Uh, the vision that we have is to end spiritual loneliness in San Diego Ooh. and to captivate every corner with the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, I like that. And, <laughs> yeah. And you hear a lot of vision, mission statements from churches and getting to know the lead pastor, Weston, and hearing his heart, it was like, this is not just a, a jargon. this is not just something it's like it's a drive and a passion and it resonates I I talk to believers and they go yeah I talk to non-believers when I use that phrase ending spiritual loneliness and it has a way of kind of Penetrating through the noise sure. and saying, yeah, that resonates.
0: Yeah, it's not just Christianese and it's
1: not a bumper sticker. No, right? it's it's a human heart issue. It's a cry that we all have. So,
0: You know, my son Matthew, he's a pretty amazing young man. It's surprising he hasn't been on the show yet. But he's an executive. He's doing really well in business. And one of the things is because he understands mission and culture. And a lot of businesses will give lip service to those things. Like you said, there's a lot of bumper sticker mission statements out there. Yeah. Really short to the point. I get it. But... What you're sharing with non Christians there isn't Christianese, no, right? You're talking about. I just read an article that the what was it? Uh, 16 to 24 year olds, the, it's an epidemic of loneliness,
1: mm-hmm. and yeah. I get that absolutely. And
0: p- people understand it for themselves.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's funny. Just you mentioned Christianese, and it's so easy to just to be around Christians, to be around church, and just to not even realize that you've got this weird subculture of language, and even in every. Denomination. every group has its own code words. Yeah. And it's so funny. You, you, you hear somebody talk and say a few things, you can really quickly pinpoint, oh, you're from Northern California, this group of people. I, I've got a, I got a child
0: that lives in Reading, and yeah. she uses some phrases, and I go, oh, oh
1: wow. Yeah. That's interesting Come on. way to put that. Okay. Just as <laughs> yeah. So we have these things. And, and then, obviously, it's, it's a church, Christianese. And so I always love, and I try to put myself in places where there's non-believers or new believers. And one of my favorite things is when a new believer comes to the church and has no vocabulary to describe what oh, they're experiencing. Yeah, and you can tell they're like fumbling to try to find these adjectives and descriptive words because they don't have Christianese yet. Yep. and they'll say things. And one of my favorite times when a guy goes, "That was a hell of a talk," because <laughs> he's, he's been touched by the Holy Spirit yeah? and he doesn't know oh, is it a uh, is it a message, is it a preach, is it a talk? And so they just and I just love it. Or when people describe like a worship song. And how it's moved on their heart but they don't use the language that we oh that was blessed or that was anointed we understand what that means and it's okay but when they just say i was so filled with emotions or yeah. i just got tears in my eyes and they don't know and it's yeah that's I love that. the way it's supposed to be
0: before we came on i talked a little bit about a home group and some friends that yeah. we share because it's a big family mm-hmm. and one of the guys that was in there robert i love him and he is not completely polished christian but he is fired up Christian yeah. and it is so cool he put us like pillars of the faith old crotchety ones to shame because his hunger was so real mm-hmm. and he might say some things that were like what mm-hmm. but it just made me return to my first love return Amen. to that hunger come on yeah. let's keep it real yeah
1: and for seasoned guys I think we got to keep putting ourselves in those places because it's easy to drift to get complacent you don't even mean to I'm yeah. just reading yeah. Hebrews yeah. Um, and now the pastor in me is coming out but that exhortation. <laughs> not just to depart but to drift and that's where we so subtly just drift everybody knows the idea of drifting it's like you're not intentional you're not paying attention and all of a sudden you're in a completely different place
0: so what's the church like you're planting
1: yeah so we planted a new location in the UTC La Jolla so we're Captivate La Jolla and so Mm. I get to oversee the team there and it was just amazing to be part of a church plant that's not an independent church it's a location which a lot of churches do but it's not a video venue location like some churches do Yeah. and so ours is live teaching I'm the teaching team there and so I'm teaching a few times a month there and I'll go back to our main campus our lead pastor will be there. nobody knows who's teaching where right now, which I just love, but <laughs> it really is our first foray into that mission to captivate every corner, and we want to have a, a captivate church within 10 minutes of everybody in San Diego. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we have these things what we call corner cards, and it comes from when Jesus delivers the demoniac, and he wants to follow Jesus, and he says, no, you have people in this town, you have people – some of the translators say corner, oikos, your sphere. And so we really have this strategy and just praying through everybody has a corner, your neighbors, your coworkers, yeah. family, friends, and we have these cards and you have eight people and you're gonna pray and invest in, and so it breaks down this huge, millions of people in San Diego to corners. We all have a corner. Yeah. I and so either. we talk in that language, crap, corners over crowds and things like that. And yeah. so really, and so La Jolla is our first. <laughs> second location, and I get to pastor that first new thing and be part of the team. And it's going well. We're six weeks in, and God's bringing a lot of different people out, and my job now, which is what I love to do, is just pastor people, is not only teaching, but just connecting with as many people as I can. And this is... It's funny. We do it. We're doing a series. We did our first series. that started off called Hotel or Hospital. What's the church all about? Yeah. It's a DNA. Is this a hotel where you're getting your Yelp review and the best donuts, best this, best music, which a lot of people are checking churches out, or is it a hospital where we are called and invited to to be sick and get healing? Yeah. Immediately went into a new series called Church Hurt. Healing from the wounds of religion, yeah. and I, at first I was like, "Wow, this is going to be a heavy brand new church plant." We're going to go a church hurt. We almost called "Sins of the Church," but I will say this: um, in a brand new church plant, one myself, I felt like I could just go up there and just tell my story. <laughs> 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 I don't need to, um, I, and I'm sure you could. I think we've all experienced it, but by talking through some of these things, it's amazing. In a brand new church, it ends up creating. I wasn't expecting it, but a safe place where people feel like, oh, I want to be here. Because we're actually talking about the elephant in the room that nobody talks about or acknowledges. But the very fact that, hey, this happens, it shouldn't be. The house of healing becomes a house of hurt. Yeah. and it shouldn't be and so we're talking about what the Lord what he feels about that how do we get healed from that how do we trust and move forward but I don't know how I got off on that but it's just <laughs> but the fact of God gathering this church and it's new non-believers and some people that have, haven't been in church in a while that are lonely yeah. You know, and they come and they've remarked wow just the fact that you acknowledge that I was afraid to come back to church it's been several yeah. years and they tell their story I love it. and I feel like oh I feel home here and that's like an answer to prayer
0: no that is that's brilliant because that whole population of de-churched people, right? They're out there. It's a huge quantity of people Mm -hmm. that have had some kind of hurt, some kind of tearing, and I tend to keep my hooks Mm -hmm. in those people that I know who have left foothills Mm -hmm. and that I want to stay in relationship with. It's not always the church's fault, but it's the church's responsibility.
1: That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I used to think, people would talk about church hurt, and I'll be honest, I often thought, They were just an EGR person. You know what EGR is, Yes,
0: I do, but share.
1: Yeah. Extra grace required. They were difficult people, and we deal with those, and listen, we're all – and sometimes that is the case. Like you said, it's not always the church's fault, but sometimes it is. And then till I went through the receiving end of something like that, I was like, whoa. Certainly there were some things I did, if we're honest. All of us have stuff, but it was like, oh, no, this happened, and let's acknowledge it. And as a church, where can we, where should we, where must we be better, and where do we need to be humbled and acknowledge that?
0: Well, you don't have to give your whole sermon on church hurt, but what would you say to people that are listening right now that are experiencing that or have experienced that, and maybe they're floating out
1: there? Yeah. You know, there's a few things, because, you know, there was a season uh, in my own life where I was deeply hurt by the church. Very tempting to not want to go back into church.
0: And you were a pastor at that I time? I was a
1: pastor hmm. Yeah. At, wow. at a very large church, yeah. and in a, in a very short period of time, I was, you know, uh, let go from that church over circumstances that were beyond my control and beyond my doing and some choices that were made by others, and I ended up dealing with the fallout of that. And my whole world was blown up at that time. It was a result of, uh, well, I'll just be candid, you know, my wife at the time decided that she wanted to be married to somebody else, and I happened to be married to the pastor's daughter, and that obviously created a particularly... Tough situation. And the choice that was made, not mine, was because I was praying for a miracle, it was okay, trusting the Lord in that. But to go on sabbatical, oh, great, what's sabbatical look like? Yeah, we can, you get some help. No, you're not coming back. I was like, what? And so that's
0: uh, I, actually not a sabbatical. Right? <laughs> that's not that's, a sabbatical. Um, yeah. That's what
1: I said. That's firing. It's just you put some spiritual language on it, which is what church oftentimes is. It's, mm-hmm. You see things that are said and, and they bring God's name in it, they use biblical words, but have nothing to do with the heart of God and things yeah. like that. And so through that, man, I was like my Job-like experience, where very quickly my marriage is falling apart and I'm praying with everything that God would put it together, hold together and do a miracle. And then you lose your job, but then your job is also your calling, and then it's your church home, and it's your family, and your staff, and your brothers, and it's, whoa. And so that season, as you can imagine, was the most disillusioning season of my life. And there were times, and let's just be honest, if we want to be real, I understand how people get suicidal. I've always believed and I thank God it's not my life to take. There was times when Moses and Elijah they wanted to take their life and they were like, God, you have to do this. They knew it wasn't their right and so I always I just thank God I knew that. But there was a lot of times that I was praying, God, I don't need to wake up tomorrow. And I love my kids. It was just, you, you're in such a place of pain, you do yeah. not think it will ever get good again. I've been there. Yeah. And I think a lot more people have been there than we realize. And so I just, it was like, I love my kids. I want to get better. But I don't, you just don't, it's hard to have hope. It's hard to think you'll ever laugh again, dream again. Life will be anything again. But coming back to church, I'm so thankful that God showed up in my life in amazing ways. And in one hand, I'd never been more hurt by the, quote, church. The structure of Mm -hmm. church and how things rolled out and were handled and yet at the same time i never learned to more love the church Hmm.
0: and tell me about that the love for the church how did that blossom
1: and when i say the love for the church it's not the organized church it's the church the body of christ during that time i would just you're crying out to god you're you're truly praying and seeking his word and seeking his will and god seems so far away and at those times, you're just living in the Word of God. And and at that time, I remember several things, just crying out to God. And God kept sending people, whether a call, a text, a lunch, a breakfast, and it was just left and right. I just remember, okay, I'm not seeing you, but I'm seeing you mm-hmm. through the church. Yeah. And you're showing up, but you're showing up through friends, people I knew very well and people I didn't know that, but got wind of things and it was just hurt stuff and were willing to be a friend and be the church and just pray. And it was like, you know, there's a place in the Psalm where, in, you know, God says to David, Seek my face, Lord. And David says, Your face I will seek. And I remember hearing a message that word face uh, for God's face is panim, it's plural. And so there's like the faces oh, of God. Wow. Oh yeah. wow. So it's like these faces and we see different aspects of God. And I remember at that time seeing the the side of the face of God I'm seeing is his church, it's the body, it's showing up. Yeah. And and sure enough, God did explode in my heart like he does. Anybody who's ever experienced, you know, I get emotionally overwhelming just presence of God. Yeah. And but it was a season where he felt far. Yeah, And it was just a discipline of having to show up at church and go to church on Sunday, knowing that, yeah, there's no perfect church, but if I don't show up here, there's a lot of really bad that's going to end up happening in my life, and I'm going to become somebody I don't want to be, and so I have to work through the unforgiveness, the hurt, the bitterness, all these different things, and I have to do that within the church. and, and. Jesus loves his church. Yeah, The New Testament is written to the church that he loves, but is, excuse me, jacked up too. (laughs) (laughs) Every letter Paul writes, he's correcting something in a church. That's my word of advice that I know some of the people that may be listening are really hurting and hurt by the church and maybe Mm -hmm. haven't been in a church, but to trust the Lord to lead him to a church. And there may be seasons where it's a sacrifice of praise. Come on. You know, And in that season where God feels far, you have the opportunity to give God something that you may not other times, and it's a sacrifice of praise. And it's the most beautiful thing to heaven. Yeah. When you just say, I'm going to show up, I'm going to sing, I'm going to raise my hands, and I don't feel like it, or I don't this, but I, I trust God. Yeah. Spiritual discipline. Yeah. And I'm thankful I had a godly mom who kept encouraging me. And at the time, the ch- I was trying to find a church where I didn't know anybody, because <laughs> I didn't want to <laughs> answer any questions. What are you doing? How are you doing? You doing? Aren't you doing? supposed to be preaching up there? Like, uh, And you're just... Um, Um, And thankfully, God brought me into a place of healing and things like that, but I just knew I had to keep going to church.
0: I want to speak to the other side of the conversation, because I remember one of the phone calls Mm -hmm. that you and I had. Yeah,
1: you were actually one of the faces. You showed up, you texted, and I think when you reached out, you didn't – I don't know if you knew or not, and then –
0: Yeah, churches – Very big and very small at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: I was devastated. I really was. Yeah, you were friends with both of us. And so the whole thing. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So many people were. And then there's the trap you you can't fall into. Okay, I'm going to choose size or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the thing for me is in that conversation that I remember, one of them, um, you didn't know my story.
1: No, not for Right?
0: And so I've gone through... Uh, a very similar story yeah. it was horrible it was terrible i had yeah. four kids yeah. and it tore my guts out and i yeah. was walking around like a zombie yeah so i get my flavor of mm-hmm. what you were going through yeah. and and so much of the time that i found back when i was going through that long long ago i had a guy who uh, actually didn't even claim to be my friend he said that our, our sons are best friends but i want to talk to you And he got into my business and he said, your relationship with God is more important even than your marriage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you've got to hang on tight to him. And he encouraged me and got into my business like he never had before. And this is what I really believe with these seasons that are so hard and so disappointing – When God brings us through it, we have that responsibility to stand with that brother to help pass it along. You just don't know how many people have gone through similar things.
1: Yeah, and, and if I could just tell a quick story on that and then to jump back on that as well. There was many people. I remember one guy in particular, I'll tell his name, his name is Paul Joyner, and Paul is the executive creative director for David Jeremiah's ministry.
0: I've heard of David yeah. Jeremiah. Yeah, you've heard of David I've Jeremiah? I've heard of Paul yeah. Joyner. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Paul's an amazing guy, and I barely knew Paul. We connected at some work things and had him come up, and he caught wind of what I was going through, a mutual friend. And Paul is oversees is their huge ministry and all kinds of stuff, and we very briefly knew each other. But similar, he caught wind of it, and he had gone through something similar. His wife had left him, he was a pastor, and then because of that, he lost his job at the time. They just got divorced and they just fired him, so he went through something, and so he determined when he heard my story and he knew me, he reached out to me right away and he says, I'm not going to let the same thing happen to you, what happened to me. And for him, it ended up being a season that was very painful because nobody came alongside, and, and yeah. so he just came along and listened and shared, and it was just like, whoa, God, I don't even know Paul that well. Why is he willing to do this for me? And now on the other side of that, all that God has restored and is restoring and giving back, it's given me so much more of a perspective to be a Paul, to be somebody else. Like you said to me when you shared your story with me, I realize now, we were talking I think offline, it was just like, I so appreciate now, in a way I never did before, the empathy not sympathy, but empathy is you actually feel the pain. Like yeah. I understand that kind of pain. And to realize I can pastor people now that they're sitting out there on a Sunday and they're given a sacrifice of praise. They're just showing up and I have no idea the hell they're going through it. And they just need to be encouraged and loved and fed and to be seen and to be just walked alongside with whatever they're going through. And I count that the greatest privilege. And now just, I know what it means to simply get a text, late at night or in the morning out of nowhere from somebody said hey god's with you and he's for you. Yeah. God's with you and he's for you. Like those things just kept me going. And so I know now like how life-giving, life-saving some of those things can be to people and to yeah, your your misery becomes your ministry.
0: Yeah. So. Okay, so this is not a well-known fact, but I have this tattoo. No way. I do. And uh, is
1: it somewhere I can see? Yeah, sure. Oh. Do the video. So oh It's okay. right here. All right. It's beautiful. I didn't know That's not
0: season. going on Facebook. What it is, is a cross yeah. on a pile of rocks that covers up the first tattoo.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, well said. <clears throat> and the well cross said. says the word redeemed. Mm. Amen. And Amen. you know what? First of all, I'm, I'm very grateful that I'm a pastor yeah. and I've been through some stuff that when a guy sits down in a chair across from me or a cup of coffee or something, he knows... I'm entirely human, and I've been through hard things, and God will redeem everything you give him. That's right. I am walking through those like you probably are too right now with a lot of people where (laughs) when you send that text and say, hang in there, bro. He's for you. He's with you. He's good. This isn't a, a period. Mm-hmm. This is a comma right now. Here we go. Yeah. That who it's coming from mm-hmm. and that you can relate. Not that we want any of this tragedy to happen no, or not. poor choices or whatever, no. but you know what? Pastors are human beings. And so that's why I really appreciate you sharing that part of the story because so many times when I'll have some pastors on occasionally, they think, what's a pastor? What does he know about my life? probably a lot more than you think he does exactly and that way too people that are listening don't hold your pastor up on a pedestal no right it's that i don't want to get into how lonely or how hard it is because it's an incredible blessing and it's overwhelming and i love what the lord has allowed me to
1: do for sure yeah me too
0: but we're a whole we're a whole bucket of humans
1: yes that is for sure there's not some, how all of a sudden you're some elite status of holiness. Fart. Same problems. We got kids. We got a marriage. We've got, we pay taxes. We got finances. We got all the same things that, yeah. <laughs> same devil attacking Same you. devil, same, exactly. Absolutely. And sometimes he seems he's a little more apt. When we can be, when pastors can be honest, doesn't we have to share all our dirty laundry, but be honest, man, it unlocks some freedom with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And What? Oh. And it unlocks them. And what it does is it invites them to share and then receive the healing that God wants to bring. It so gives keep, hope. It, it gives hope that that's you ex- can do it, too. That's you know? exactly the point, exactly. because
0: where are you out now, and who oh, is yeah. this beautiful woman in your life?
1: Yeah, oh, completely. Paul said – that guy, Paul Joiner. he said something, and he's like, Sean – and I've held on to it – at the time he said, like, I know it doesn't seem like it now, but God is already in your future. <laughs> that's what he said to me. <laughs> wow. That's- he said, God is already in your future, and he's working on it, and he can't wait for you to get there with him. Oh, and it's going to be amazing. Oh. Oh, yes. That's so and I well remember said. that picture and I was like, wow. And I'm in that future now. A few years ago when he was saying that, I just had breakfast with him down there. I think we met at the Legacy Center for breakfast. I was just like, but <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what you remember. And I was like, okay. I was like, didn't believe a word, but you're just like <laughs> sound. And now I am living in the overwhelming goodness of God. I didn't know that I'd ever be pastoring again. I thought, divorce, I had this scarlet D on my chest, disqualified, and there was nothing I had done to, you know, right. d- the Bible calls disqualification. That's still something, and you still know how people respond, and you just don't know. And for it to be, feel like it was taken from you, this calling that you have, and something you love to do, and for God to be able to restore that, to God to give me an incredible wife that I just love with all my heart, yeah. to, who has also been through stuff as a single mom herself for nine years. and to see in her a beautiful she's easy on the eyes but I've same pictures <laughs> yeah but more than that a beautiful person who just loves the lord and I'll say this, we both recognize the limp in one another.
0: really good way to put it.
1: And I've realized now, like, one, I'll never trust a pastor doesn't walk with a limp. There we go. And I quote you on that. You can quote me on that for sure. It comes from Jacob. When Jacob gets his wrestle with God and he forever walks with a limp. And I think all God's saints eventually walk with a limp because we all go through stuff. It's the guys who either have never had a limp or refuse to let people see that there's a limp. Mm-hmm. I don't trust. Yeah. But people go, yeah, I know I've been through stuff. And she and I both have a limp, and we talk about it. We both grieve over the fact that our original families aren't together. That was God's design, and yet we celebrate the fact that, man, God has restored and given us something beautiful. And, man, it's been – this. we celebrate our one-year anniversary. Is that right? I yeah, that. it sounds crazy. But that was the best year of my life.
0: Yeah, yeah I have that experience, too. That is yeah. my testimony. Yeah, you
1: and Sylvia. And stuff, yeah, so.
0: people used to ask me about marriage counseling, and I said, dude, really, all I've got is – Not really profitable. Mary Sylvia, yeah, and she's not available, so I don't know how that helps you. But what I can say is, he redeems everything that you give to him.
1: He does, and he makes everything beautiful in his time. And I would also say to who's ever going through something, like as a believer, whatever you're passing through, don't waste it. Mm. I, I just remember in my pain. It would have been so easy, if I can speak bluntly, to get a bottle of Jack and a chick. Just to be real, like, because you're just in so much pain and you're just like, oh, I just want to I want to be numb. I want to get out. So I'll grab a bottle of whatever, drink this away. I'll just get with somebody and feel nothing or something even. And I'm so thankful that, by God's grace, that never was the path that I went down. And I just felt like the Lord said, to do that, you're going to be in a detour. And I also know enough about my own conscience. Man, if I would have done that, the <coughs> devil would have just, he would have had me.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I know who I am and he would have just just the the accuser would have got me exactly where he wanted me. And so I'm so thankful I didn't do that. And I also knew I didn't want to waste this time. I know it sounds crazy, but when you go through things, we waste it by becoming bitter, by becoming cynical, by becoming unbelieving and all kinds of things. We waste it by just like getting a bottle or whatever else it might be. Or we can let God, like you said, redeem it. Yeah, And He truly will and can and does redeem all things that we give to Him. And I was like, Lord, I just pray. No, it took work of walking through counseling and forgiveness and looking at my own life and looking at some circumstances and forgiving. And and I'm still walking through forgiveness. Let's be honest. It's not just a one-time thing. There's still things that come up and you still walk through that. But that was one of the most freeing things for me. Which was? When I had a
0: supernatural experience at the Freedom Conference last Mm -hmm. year at Foothills. Wow. And my ex-wife was there. Whoa. And I pop in. Man, you never told me about this. At the forgiveness part. Goodness (laughs) sakes. And so I just went over to her and I said, I am so sorry. She doesn't attend our church. I don't know what she was doing there. And all my kids do. So maybe they invited her. She comes sometimes. And she just broke down and she goes, No, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. And she came up to me out in the patio and she said, Kevin, it's all my fault. It's all my fault. And I, and, and I said, no, it wasn't. <laughs> and I gave her a hug out there in that patio. Wow. And it has never been the same since it was Praise so freeing, the Lord. so amazing. releasing. That's amazing. And we share a whole bunch of grandchildren. And when I see her, that thing doesn't rise up. Wow. So what an incredible wow. breakthrough! Wow. That gives me hope. You know, and you don't <laughs> yeah. even know. They say there's all sorts of ways to explain Woo. it. Like when you don't forgive somebody, you're the one in jail. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. so that sounds really good, but you don't know that it's still there mm-hmm. until you get that breakthrough, and all of a sudden you're just flying. And it was
1: beautiful. Yeah. It was, and it was just about a year that's, ago. That is, that's a bigger miracle than somebody paralyzed. And oh healed. boy. Like legitimately. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. I think of Jimmy. <laughs> like, like, yeah. That's yeah. a miracle. Yeah, we we know, know the guy. We know that the guy. Like, walk literally got, I mean, that's a miracle. It's but like, that is a miracle. Yeah. What you're just telling me, yeah. I think, beyond what people can appreciate. Like, you should have seen the
0: look on my kid's face oh, when no. I told him
1: what happened. Well, that smashes the enemy right yes. in your face. Yes, you did.
0: He did. He doesn't have any hook there. So no. just like when I was yeah. calling you up on the phone and saying, hey, bro, been in my flavor of that. I'm for you. Yeah. There's hope. Then maybe in this face, maybe that's something good. You know what? We didn't even say, what are we going to talk about? Saying, <laughs> no, we didn't. Wow, this was you know, so good. Oh, yeah, my goodness. So we're just going to talk like we talked. King. This is what I want you to do. I asked the Lord. I just was crying. Out to him, Father, would you just anoint this conversation Mm. to pierce the darkness of some people's lives of where they're at and what they're doing? So, would you just pray for them? Yeah, those that are listening with church hurt and going through hard stuff.
1: Yeah, Father, even coming into this podcast, I I just had a sense that I was going to get to share with Kevin some of these things and. I just picture there's some folks that are listening to this in the next week, couple weeks. And the and one thing about podcasts, Lord, it has legs. It could be a couple years from now, but you have a timing, God, where people he- hear what they need to hear when they need to hear it. Yes, And Father, I just pray. I pray that they would see that they are not alone. God, your word says over and over that you are near to the brokenhearted. Mm. And you say it many times because when we are brokenhearted, you feel so far. So you have to tell us, no, I'm right there. And so I just pray against the lies of the enemy that say that you're not for them and that you're not with them, God. That No, they hear it and see it. You're for them. You're with them. That all things truly work together for good. Not all things are good and there's free will and there's choices and there's garbage and there's pain and there's hurt, whether it's church hurt, relational hurt, whether it's things that were done to people or even the choices that they made, Lord, and now they're reaping what they've sown. It's not the end of the story, God that's what I do know. There's a song that we sing, it's not over until it's good. And so that I do know with all my heart, Lord. And I just pray for any brother, sister, any man, woman, young boy, older person out there. It doesn't matter, God. I know you are working in their life for their good because that's who you are. That's your nature. And so I just pray, Lord, today that they would hear it, they would know it, they would be set free. I pray, Lord, that they would They would experience the many faces of God, your faces. And if it's church hurt, Lord, they would find the courage and strength to step foot back into a church, that you would lead them into a church that is humble, that is loving, that teaches your word, that is filled with your spirit. God, that doesn't have a narcissistic or manipulative pastor, but one who's got a limp and who's just yeah. going to walk through it and shepherd and love your sheep well, God. Yeah. And I pray for those that are estranged, Lord, just the incredible, miraculous testimony of Kevin and that reconciling moment of healing and forgiveness, God. God, it gives me hope. I, can't, I couldn't even, I, quite honestly, I can't imagine a scenario like that, but God, God, but god God. i couldn't imagine where i'd be right now that the joy the hope everything that i am experiencing pastoring marriage so many things after all that i felt was just lost and taken but god and i just pray lord for anybody listening but god lord you speak a word you intervene one touch one moment in your presence truly changes everything and so i just thank you for the hope i thank you for just the hope in you. And I thank you, Lord, for the true body of Christ that, like Kevin, like so many others, like Paul, like the people in my life, like John Ruckay or others, God, that just showed up and kept showing up, that I will eternally be thankful for. And Lord, may we be people that have received healing, in turn, bring that comfort and healing to others. Yes, in Jesus' Lord. name. Amen. Amen.